Well, hey fans of Biblical Genetics, this is Dr. C. I want to spend some time explaining this episode a little bit before I um, get into the meat of it. I went to uh, Denver, Colorado, and I went up into the mountains. I spent all day searching around for a nice place to do some, some recording, and I found one. Um, but by the time I got there, I was a little bit flustered, and I didn't speak clearly in a couple places. In fact, one place, I did the horrible thing of using redundant acronyms, or as my friend Jonathan Sarfati says, I had redundant acronym syndrome syndrome, R-A-S-S. Yep, I said PCR reaction. Ah, I can't believe that. Well, PCR is polymerase chain reaction. And I said, so polymerase chain reaction reaction, which is kind of silly of me and not professional. If you want to be a total geek and a nerd like I am, I try to not say things like that. It's like trying to say um, uh, uh, minestrone soup, which I believe means big soup. So you just said big soup soup or uh, bocce ball. Uh, well, bocce means ball, so you just said ball ball. Or ATM machine. No, that's automatic teller machine. It's not an automatic teller machine machine. Anyway, simple thing, a little nerdy, but I kind of laugh at myself when I stumble like that. Also, there's a, a place I'm trying to explain gene sequencing. I'm trying to explain the machine and the colors that come out, and I just stumbled all over the place. Now, for the people watching on the video, I put up some explanatory text, but you can't watch the video if you're listening, so let me just explain it. The, the machine pops out with four different colored things that it uses to say if it's an A, a C, or G, or a T. A is green, C is blue, G is yellow, and T is red. But in the output, the yellow is uh, changed into black. So that's the four uh, traditional colors of, of DNA when you're looking at a sequencing run is green, blue, black, and red, and I just stumbled all over that. So just forgive me, um, just roll with it, and I just explained it. I think it won't be too bad. Also, uh, you don't have the benefit of seeing some sentences pop up on the screen. I was trying to explain how uh, DNA sequencing works and how to have to overlap things in order to make a complete sequence. And I used the phrase, in the beginning was the word, another phrase, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And I said, okay, that's great, but if you have those two things, you can't line them up because you don't know which one comes first. But if you found a phrase that said, was the word and the word, now you have a phrase that bridges those two. You can line the three of them up and you can get the complete sentence, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So just, um, just imagine those, those words and phrases appearing on the screen in front of you and it should be a piece of cake to understand it. But as one... Again, another mistake I made, and I will refix this in the next episode. I'll say it more clearly, but I was talking about how Ancestry.com and 23may.com uh, get their results. And what they use is something called a SNP chip. And all I said was that they put little drops of water on a glass slide. But I never said that those drops of water have DNA in them or that the DNA gets affixed to the glass. And I didn't say that they take your DNA, chop it up, and wash it over the little spots of DNA to see what sticks, and that anything that sticks will actually light up in a color. So you can tell if that little spot of DNA on the slide matches your genome. So that will be fixed in the next episode. Sorry to have made so many mistakes, uh, but I just, I'm still gonna put this out there anyway because it's still worth talking about. And I, I can't go back to Colorado to redo this, and I don't wanna redo it somewhere else. So I'm learning here. I'm hopefully getting better. This is only my second episode. I have actually filmed 20 of these already. And I haven't gotten any feedback from people yet. So I'm waiting. Um, when, once I get the first three of these out, I'm planning on releasing these to the public. 
And then everyone's gonna say, oh, Carter, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, you do this better. I'm actually kind of hoping I'm gonna get some help from some people. I have now learned how to edit video and balance color and fix sound issues. And that's not something I ever thought that I was gonna have to deal with. But I am progressing. I've also learned how to uh, build a website on Squarespace. So please go to biblicalgenetics.com if you wanna look at the show notes or if you want to um, connect with us. I'm, I'm considering starting a Patreon page uh, for you know small scale support and see if I how many people I can get that uh, to support that because honestly this is taking a fantastic amount of time and even though I love it and even though I'm glad I'm learning these things it's a lot more time than I expected and you know the the, the old adage time is money and it is true um, I really can't afford to be spending innumerable hours on this but I'm doing it anyway because I love doing it. I'm just hoping that after I cast my bread upon the water it will come back to me in many days. Okay, here you go. This is Biblical Genetics, Episode 2, The Mystery of Gene Sequencing. Hello and welcome to Biblical Genetics. This is Episode 2. I'm your host, Dr. C, coming at you from Tears of Zion near uh, Denver, Colorado. It's just a beautiful location. Up here, there's hardly any people. Here's a little bit of road traffic in the background, but I love nature and I love uh, coming out and just talking about the beauty of God's creation and being able to be in it. So here I am, but we're not talking about nature today. We're talking about something that's mysterious to most people. Something that science has just figured out. But most people, when you say something like gene sequencing or genome, their eyes just kind of glaze over. So I want to unpack that for you. I want to unravel this mystery and show you um, some of the amazing things that we're now able to do with our new technologies. First, you can't sequence DNA unless you steal some, oh, let's call them proteins from bacteria. They're called polymerases. Bacterial polymerases, when you add them to a solution with DNA and, and some energy sources, they will make copies of the DNA. Well, bacterial polymerases are actually at the backbone of our entire modern genomics revolution. They do all the work and we need them. So we've harnessed them. And what we do is we add them to a solution and we run a cycle of temperature up and down and up and down that starts and stops the reaction, starts and stops the reaction, starts and stops the reaction. And what it does is first you make one copy of your DNA. Now you have two. And then a second run, now it makes copies of your two. Now you have four. And a third run, now you have eight. And then 16, 32, and you amplify your DNA until you get a lot of pieces of DNA. All right, simple enough. But how do we sequence it? Well, sequencing is tricky. A lot of different ways to do it. Back in the day when I was doing it, we would run this PCR reaction and then just stop it in the middle. And when we stopped it, what would happen was we'd have all these pieces of DNA of different lengths. And then we put it in this giant gel, which is a couple of feet long. We'd stick it in the top and we'd run electricity through it. And because DNA is a polar molecule, it, it migrates through the gel in one direction. And at the bottom of the gel, we had a little laser. And the laser would be um, looking for colors. What I didn't tell you was when we ran a PCR, uh, the end of the DNA molecules were tagged, depending on if it was an A, T, G, or C, with uh, one of several fluorescent molecules. So when the DNA reached the end, the laser would say blue, red, green, blue, blue, yellow, uh, yellow, orange, whatever the four colors were. It was just in a sequence of blue, 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 green, green, blue, orange, orange, red, yellow, 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 blue. And then the computer would say, oh, that's A, T, T, G, C, C, A, 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 T, G, C, C, A. And that's the gene sequence. 
works great, worked beautiful, it was fantastic, but it was really laborious. I'm so glad that we can now take DNA samples and send them to laboratory and they can do it for us for cheap. Okay, so that's how you make uh, a sequence of DNA. What's a genome? Well, a genome is all of your DNA, all of your genes together. You've got about uh, three billion letters in your genome. Actually, you have two copies, one from your mother, one from your father. So you have six billion letters of DNA in each cell. The PCR, that reaction works best at about 300 letters. So it makes a copy about 300 letters, works great. You can't do three billion with it. So what you do is you do what what's called shotgun sequencing. You just sequence the whole genome in little bits and pieces. And you've got millions and millions and millions of these little pieces and then you line them up to build the genome. But you can't just line them end to end, you have to overlap them. And here's, the, here's the, where, where the tricky part comes in. Let me give you an example. Let's say you wanted to um, read the Bible or recreate the Bible by taking the Bible and cutting all the all sentences out at random, words and sentences, and so you, got, you have thousands of these little teeny pieces of paper with words on them, and you want to rebuild the Bible. You could never do it. Now, it's not the time problem, it's the fact that if you only have one copy of it, you don't know if this sentence follows that sentence or this word follows that word. What you need is you need to take a whole bunch of Bibles, like 20 of them, cut them all up at random, and now you have a time problem because the human mind, would you in your lifetime, would never be able to assemble it. But if you read those sequences into a computer, the computer, this massive calculator that we built, can find all the overlapping segments. So you might have, um, in the beginning was the Word. And you might have, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Well, those two things in our Bibles would come one after the other, but you need a piece that overlaps. So maybe you find a piece that says, was the word and the word. Ah, and then you can bridge those two things and now you can string them together and piece by piece by piece you can build that genome so that all three billion letters of your DNA are figured out. Okay, but it's a massive problem because if you did it letter for letter, your genome would take about 850 Bibles. So if you wanted to do this sequence, sequencing on the Bible, you'd need like 850 times 20 or 30 to get a really good, robust sequence of all those words in there. That's massive. That's why we have computers to do all this work for us. Okay. DNA polymerases do the copying. Computers do the assembling. After we run this thing called a polymerase chain reaction or PCR. And that is beautiful. That's how it works. Another thing I also said, you need multiple copies so that all the pieces, you can overlap them and build a genome. Let me give you a secret. When they first did the human genome, they did exactly that. But the next logical thing to do was the chimpanzee genome. And they didn't want to spend $3 billion on it, so they cheaped out. Yeah, they, they assumed chimpanzees and humans have common ancestry without actually testing it. And they very lightly sequenced the chimpanzee genome. And they took those pieces and they lined it up on the human genome. Voila, we had a bunch of garbage. In fact, the human genome, there's places that we could not sequence, highly repetitive places we couldn't sequence. There was about 300 gaps in the human genome. In the centromeres, the middle of the chromosomes, the telomeres at the end of the chromosomes is very repetitive DNA, and a couple of places in the middle of a chromosome where it was really hard to sequence it. Okay. When they assembled the chimpanzee genome, they had over 300,000 gaps. 
In fact, it was garbage. It was a debacle of science. They should never have done it. They should have waited until they had some more money to do it right. Now, we've redone it since then, but it took over a decade to correct it. And science was held back as we were waiting for a, for a real chimpanzee genome sequence. In some future episode, we'll be talking about the differences between humans and chimpanzees. Save it. I just gave you a little teaser there. All right. So now we have the ability to sequence genomes. And now we have the ability to sequence lots of genomes. That first genome cost the government $3 billion. Well, the U.S. government has launched the Million Genomes Project. They're going to sequence one million genomes for about the same price as they sequenced the first one. That's how much the, the technology has advanced over the last 20 years. In fact, it's um, literally a million times cheaper to sequence DNA today than it was just a little while ago. That's crazy. And that's changing everything. Because now we have DNA from thousands of people, soon to be millions of people from around the world. And those ancestry testing companies, they've got millions of people on their own. But the way they do it's a little different. You see, there's no purpose in sequencing the entire genome for most purposes. Most of the genome is exactly the same across everyone. So I'm at like 90, 99%, I don't know what the percentage is. It's a huge percentage of the genome. It's 100% invariant. Why do you want to sequence that? If you're trying to tell the difference between two people, just look at the places that differ. So what they do is this. They take what's called a, um, a SNP chip. Ooh, SNP, S-N-P, single nucleotide polymorphism. Ooh, science, big words. Polymorphism is a difference you find between people. And what they do is they find a bunch of these that, um, that separate one person from another, one people group from another. They're called ancestry informative markers. They also use some um, medically important markers and some markers that affect your skin color, your eye color, and things like that. And what they do is they take this little piece of DNA and they put a little drop of water on a, a glass slide. And they put millions of them on a glass slide. In fact, Ancestry.com, they, they sequence, uh, I think, um, like 900,000 letters, letters that vary between people. And they're able to tell all this amazingly cool stuff. So now we've, uh, we're our washing data. We have so much data, we don't even hardly know what to do with it. And now with all that data, we can begin to test theories of history. The Bible claims to be a book of history. Genetics can test theories of history. What do you think is going to happen? Stay tuned. This is Dr. C for Biblical Genetics. If you'd like to support us, click the link, go to biblicalgenetics.com. You can find out how to do it. But for now, signing off.